Where would this world be without you? You are significant, vital, and necessary. And you're probably so busy taking care of everyone and everything that you're starting to feel a little invisible or unheard. But your voice matters. It's time to unlock doors and shine light on the chaos so you can be all you were meant for. Here's the host of Your Voice Matters, Rebecca Dollinger. Hi, I'm Rebecca Dollinger, the host of Your Voice Matters, where I inspire and encourage women to speak up, speak out, and stand in their own power. Today, I am so excited. We have Janice Curry with us. She is a wonderful, wonderful person. She's a negotiator for TI. Welcome, Janice. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. You know, I was just thinking, um, people are wondering what a negotiator does. You know, and you know, you use negotiation in a lot of things we don't even know. It's just not in business, but it could be in relationships. Everyday life. And it's funny because people don't realize that when they're talking about, when they find out what I do, they think, oh, you're a negotiator. But I'm like, no, actually everybody negotiates every day of their life. It could be negotiations with children trying to get them to eat a meal. It could be (laughs) going to the bank. It could be um, trying to buy a car. It could be all sorts of things that you negotiate. So yes, people negotiate all the time, even with, like you said, a relationship, right? You're trying to start a relationship or maybe even end a relationship. So all of that requires negotiations. Yeah. That sounds really cool because I mean, I didn't really realize that until uh, we got to talking about that. And I remember my daughter, she wanted a game system. Mm-hmm. And I says, you have to save your money. Mm-hmm. I says, you know, and I, if you save your half of the money, I'll pay for the other. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what happened, Janice? What? She got it all saved and she went to the store and she had enough money for the game system, uh-huh. but not the game. Oh, no. So I said, well, <laughs> what do you think you should do? And she goes, I can buy a refurbished one. <laughs> I get the game, too. Smart kid. So it taught her, it, it taught the negotiation came in handy there, there right? Go. But it also taught her how to think outside the box and well, how to get She was negotiating did. with herself, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I know in, uh, in negotiations, you have to prepare. Absolutely. So can you tell us about that? Because... I'm probably kind of like, don't know everything. About that. <laughs> well, one of the most important aspects is actually the preparation, because when you go into a negotiation, you want to have all your avenues figured out before you walk in the door. And one of the things that I've learned over the years is research is essential. So you want to research your competitors. And for example, if you're going in for a job, you want to know what your options is going in right? A lot of times when you're going in for a job, you think that the only thing you want to talk about is money. But what if there's other options on the table? Also, what else you could do is if you're going in for a job, as an example, you could go and find out more about what the industry is paying for that job, right? Don't go in and think, well, I'm going to go ask for, you know, a 10% raise when you may actually should be asking for a 30% raise or a 40% raise, depending on what the industry's at. Know where you need to be before you walk in to the negotiations. That's essential. And I actually spend more time prepping for a negotiation than I actually do doing the negotiation. Well, that's that's interesting because you almost have to have all the information before you can actually um, negotiate or actually come to a, a reasonable, you know, you know, absolutely because you don't want to like like get in there and like like me, I would probably say, oh yeah, you can have this. <laughs> 
know in semiconductors, which is where I'm in, you've really got to know your competitors and you want to know who you're negotiating with, right? If you actually get to know that person beforehand, you may have developed a relationship. That's good. In some cases, you don't have that opportunity, but I can tell you that's also where social media comes into play, right? Almost everybody's on Facebook these days. So you could actually go and do some little research on the person before you actually see them. Now, I'm not talking about stalking, but I am talking about, you know, getting to know who that person is. So all of those play into the preparation part. Yeah. But I was wondering about your negotiation skills as well, because I know me, because, you know, I probably wouldn't be a good negotiator because I was like, I can see their point of view. Well, you can't, that helps. And, you know, and I think, well, yeah, I can see what, see what they want, but I want this. And, you know, it would be, I wouldn't be like a strong negotiator. I think maybe women are more like that. I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) That's an interesting way of putting it. Actually, in my industry, uh, women were not that prevalent when I started, but they are now. And actually, women are very good negotiators. One, because we can see what they might be thinking when they're doing it, right? So ahead of the, before you go into the negotiation, you can imagine what they might be feeling or what they might be thinking or where they might go, right? Because we have that advantage if it's a female, somebody that you're negotiating with. Absolute an advantage. So I wouldn't say it's a disadvantage, but what you do have to have is a lot of confidence walking into a negotiation, which is where the prep comes into play, right? You want to be prepared. You want to know when you walk in that negotiation that you have covered all avenues. The last thing you want to make sure you know is your walk away. What is that walk away price or what is that walk away thing that you can't live with, right? What can I go into and what do I need to do to win that business? And then if I can't get to that business, what am I willing to walk away from? And those are the things that you have to prepare for. And a lot of people don't go in with the walk away and then they're thrown off guard when there's another play, right? Because you're Um, person that is actually negotiating with you is thinking on their other side because they have their own goals they have to reach. And what you want to do is you want to hit a win-win for both. You don't want to walk away with bitterness, right? Because in the end, you want a long-term relationship so you can come back again and again and again. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I I always think sometimes women can, even when they like assert themselves and they come across, they come across as kind of like not very pleasant. You know, you know how that is. When you raise your voice, sometimes it sounds like you're screaming. Yes. You know. At WorkSuites, you get back to work your way. Business addresses, co-working, executive office suites. We really thrive on helping small businesses expand their horizons from simply working out of the home. What's really nice is we're flexible with our terms. We don't require you to sign a lease with us. Go month to month or stay a couple of years. You may only need part-time space. You'll have a full kitchen, covered garage access. This is the ideal way to work through transitions in your business and get up to speed quickly. Private offices have dedicated Wi-Fi, furniture, 24-7 access. Call 888-445-9675 and check us out at worksuites.com. Members access all our locations throughout DFW and Houston. A significant advantage for meeting clients on their terms. We won't nickel and dime you. Go to worksuites.com or call 888-445-9675 to schedule your tour. You're going to love it here. 888-445-9675. And one of the things that I've always learned is first, be nice. 
that always makes a difference. Um, if you're going in with the idea that you're going to, you know, beat the heck out of them, you're not going to win much. But if you go in to plan to be nice and you go in with a goal to win, right. then you will probably accomplish both before the end of the negotiation. And I think as women, we tend to do that better. I think that we have an ability to actually be kind during the negotiation and don't feel like we have to beat the other side down. And sometimes our counterparts, not so much. They're more for the win and not so much for the be nice and, and continue the relationship. So it can make a difference. Well, too, I think, you know, you hit on it. Confidence is a big deal. Absolutely. You know, if you go in there and say, well, you know, I think for me, it would have to start from the minute I hit the door mm -hmm. because I would have to walk in with confidence. Mm -hmm. And actually, no, it's sort of like when I used to model, you just get up on the stage and once you're on the stage, you're fine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like an, it's almost like an act, right? So I would think you would have to start and prepare when you're doing your preparations, you would have to start and do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things that uh, plays into all of that, of course, is body language. People don't realize how much that can play in. One of the things that I used to recommend for the people that were walking in that were new to negotiations was to actually play poker with somebody to kind of find their tail, their tells, right? So you get to bluff and you <laughs> see that. how you react, right? So, and then you have them tell you, can you tell when I'm bluffing? Yeah. Can you tell when I, you know, because in all negotiations, eventually it's not lying, it's bluffing, right? You're going in for a negotiation, you have an understanding, you may end up bluffing with somebody. So those kind of things are um, important that you know in advance. And so poker is a great way I've always found that people tend to enjoy the game, right? Especially, and I'm not saying play for money, right? You can play for Cheerios if you want to, but basically just to react and see and find out what your own tells are as well as learn to observe other people's tells because you've got to read that body language. And if you're doing it over like Zoom nowadays, you can really see the body language still, right? Some people say, oh, well, you're on the phone. You can't really, but on Zoom, you can, you still see the body language. Now, if you're doing a conference call, totally different. You lose a good percentage. Yeah, I, I can imagine because I noticed when people like fold their hands, mm -hmm. you know, all of a sudden they look, even it changes their face. Mm -hmm. You know, it changes, it just does. I don't know. Just you don't think about one part of your body changing the other parts of your body well, or your tone of voice. Absolutely. Huge thing. And also with women, it's the shoulders. Have you ever noticed we get yes, tense? Our yes. shoulders go up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to take a break and, and we'll be right back in just a second. We need to give a little love to our sponsors. Local DFW businesses, advertising keeps your businesses front and center in the marketplace. The OBBM network offers targeted reach into the markets you want to dominate. Advertise on the OBBM network for radio, podcast, and television exposure directly where you want it. Area chambers and people groups value knowing service providers they can trust for themselves and trust when giving quality referrals. Advertising strategically is key to successful ROI. Discover what local DFW business advertising on the OBBM network can do for you. Call 214-714-0495 to find out more today. And go to theoffbeatbusiness.com to download your free copy of the Definitive Local Business Digital Media Guide. That's 214-714-0495, offbeatbusiness.com. Well, welcome back. I would like to know, Janice, because about the tone and inflection, mm -hmm. because sometimes I'll say something and didn't 
you know, didn't think much of it, right? And then the next thing I know, my husband goes, well, that sounded kind of stern. Or, you know, are you feeling all right? <laughs> that was a nice way to say it, right? <laughs> and uh, how do you get past that? I mean, you have to watch everything you say or... No, actually what happens is when you get into the negotiations, of course, you've got, you know, two different parties in the, in a room and you're talking about um, whatever the product is. In our case, it's semiconductors. But once you get started, as long as you don't get yourself wound up, which can happen, right? You get excited or maybe you get a little frustrated that things aren't going the way you want it. Um, I've learned over the years, the best thing I can do is pause, take a breath, and start over, or if I'm really wound for sound, then I will actually just take a break. I'll say, oh, I need a break. And they'll say, okay. And now they assume I need to go to the restroom or whatever <laughs> it is. But in most cases, I may just go to the restroom and take a deep breath and kind of, you know, think about things and change my tone and my thought process. And that always helps. And sometimes I just call my husband to kind of bring me down a little. He's really good at that. He's got one of these real calming voices that kind of oh, go like that, you know, yes. and you're like, okay. I'm ready. <laughs> and too, I don't understand that. There's people that I've seen doctors do this, and they have this monotone voice. Absolutely. Even when they get, you know, when things are going haywire, they just have that. And that has to come with practice, right? It does. It does. <laughs> because my voice goes high, you know, when I get excited or something happens, my voice goes really high. And one of the things that I always find is fun is that some of the groups that I negotiate with don't appreciate humor. And so, I'm a not person that naturally is is likes to be funny, right? I like to make a joke. I like to say, you know, bring in sarcasm, whatever it requires to, you know, make people lighten the mood. For some people, depending on the individual, they may think that I'm not taking the job seriously. And I actually had one of them come up to me one time and say, well, I don't think you're taking this very seriously. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so I changed my tone when I came back in and everything was different. But I had to learn sometimes humor is not always the best way. Now, I have found that sometimes humor is a very good way, right? right. When you're talking to somebody and they're kind of going like with well, really negative and you want to bring up the humor, that helps. But it really just depends on the individual. So I've had to learn to play with that because you're not really sure. Again, body language tells you if they're kind of, you know, getting stiff and looking like they're like frustrated with you, then you know that that's not working. That sounds wonderful because I was just thinking, oh my goodness, you know, like your arms go up, your, you know, your, your face goes down. I mean, you know, you just have different expressions on your face. Sure. Absolutely. And your eyes, you know, and, and I'm, a, I'm an eye person because mm -hmm. I always look people straight in the eye. Mm-hmm. And I've had people, when talking to them, they'll glance off to the side or... And actually, know. I do that. I have a tendency when I'm deep in thought, I will look right. elsewhere. Oh. Well, and that so kind of throws people off. Right. <laughs> it throws people off. I'll be like looking at something else going, okay, now what was I going to say about this? And how was I going to word that? And yeah. Yeah. But that's fine. I think, too, that, and like you said, when we use humor... It kind of lightens it. It does. A lot of time. Most of the time it does. It just, like I said, it depends on the negotiations. The other thing I've learned is the power of the pause. And this is the one thing I can teach you that will help you from here on out. When you are nervous or when you're not sure what to say or when you are curious and want to see how they're going to react, don't say anything. For how long? As long as you want to make it. Right now, you don't. There's a point when it becomes extremely uncomfortable for both sides of the fence. <laughs> but um, and let me tell you, it works really well, especially with our gender. Right, because we have a tendency to want to fill in the space. 
So they may tell you a lot more information than you may be asking. Even if you come in with a question of, is this price where we need to be to win the business and stop? So right? When, so when you take a pause, they feel a little uncomfortable about this. Obligated thing. to fill the pause. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> but it also makes you, and you're not sitting there going, um, and, or, you know, whatever nervousness you may have, right? right? It just makes you look like you're thinking. So it's always good. There you go. So I call it the power of the pause and uh, it works really well for me. I've learned that over the years because um, I had a tendency to try to fill in the blanks and I had a manager that kept saying, stop. (laughs) But what made you comfortable with that? Because sometimes when you pause, it sounds like, well, not so much that you're deep in thought, you just forgot what to say. No, I'm observing and listening. I have learned that that's what that means to me. When I pause... I'm observing and listening. So I'm waiting for them to give me more information or to tell them me it may be even, you know, listening to somebody talk about themselves, right? If you've been going on and on about you and you want to get somebody else to talk about themselves, leave that open question and just wait. And they'll just fill it all in. Sometimes they do. So every <laughs> once in a while you get somebody that just looks at you like, where are we going with this? <laughs> so you really uh, basically had to be prepared for everything. Absolutely. It's why you do all that preparation work beforehand. You have alternate road one, road two, road three, you know, whatever you think you're going to do. And in my case, I work with sales and we work together to have a full plan going in. So he usually has a better handle on the customer, but I have a better idea of where we can go with pricing and other options. So it works out well. I'm Suzanne Johns. And, you know, I am turning 65 this summer, and I decided that I'm not going to go out looking old and wrinkly anymore. So I found something that would help me be able to not do that, and that is Neora Age-Defying Anti-Age skincare. It's 100% natural, pH level that is in harmony with your skin, and it acts as an antioxidant and a skin protectant. The best part, it's made in the USA, and it's manufactured in Fort Worth, so we're local. So I tell you what, if you'd like to feel good about yourself, you could talk to me today or you could see your plastic surgeon tomorrow. I'm Suzanne Johns with Neora Age Defying Anti-Age Skincare, And if you would like to have the results that I've seen, my number is 972-639-6396. And that's Neora Age Defying Anti-Age Skincare, And the number is 972-639-6396. So what is the craziest negotiation you ever had? Oh. Or like it probably didn't turn out the way you wanted or there was something funny? Oh, I've had a lot of crazy ones. We had one when we were in Asia that they brought in a new team that we hadn't anticipated. We thought we were going to negotiate with this, you know, one or two people and they totally switched it around on us. And so we had no, the people that were sitting across from us on the table, we had no idea who they were, what they were doing. And once they explained who they were, then we had to step back and see what would work with them because we weren't prepared for that, right? We hadn't gone in with the pension. So we had an alternate plan if that ever happened. And so he and I kind of gambited off each other trying to figure out exactly, you know, what hit and what was good. But it was a little bit tight and we got a little bit heated because we didn't know which direction to go. And so sometimes that happens. And when you're in a foreign country, right, and you, right. And you want to be 
very nice because you want to make sure you leave the foreign country. So <laughs> it was always entertaining in that sense. But um, the people were actually very nice, but they weren't accepting of our humor, which is where the one humor oh. I learned. Okay. And one of the other things that when you're over in a foreign country, you need to be aware of their culture. And we weren't actually prepared to deal with the culture at the time. So we actually stepped back and re-evaluated ourselves and came back again. We actually left the room and he and I started talking and went back and forth until we got it right. But yes, it was a very uncomfortable negotiation because we really felt like we didn't know what we were doing. Well, too, I think also some cultures, they don't hug. They, they say, you know, they're real, you know, I mean, it's just different. Absolutely. And for example, uh, well, with Japan, it's the the card, right? When you present the card, you need to present the card, right? You need to honor it. So when you're handling a business card, you need to be looking at the business card when you hand it to them. And then when they hand it to you, you need to observe it. Um, the same with China. You want to be very observant. Now, when you're in the U.S., people hand out cards all day long. They don't even look sometimes or glance at the card, right? They already know. Hi, I'm Joe Blow. Here's your card. Thank you very much. And you move on. So it's totally different. But yeah, there's all sorts of things like that. For examples, when I was in Mexico, there was a lot of hugging and, and uh, a kissing of the cheek or whatever you want to do. And it kind of threw me off, but it was great. I mean, I enjoyed it. Everybody was really sweet, but it just throws you off. You got to be prepared. Right. I know that I was doing business with the Eastern European section. And, and when their card is presented, you present your card. If it's not heavyweight, if it's just, certain class, yes. Yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> that's just a telltale sign that we're not doing business with you. And I thought, Ooh, good thing I had it done right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I, I'm a tendency to be a hugger, right? right? And so that's not always a comfortable situation, even in the U.S., and especially now, of course. But yeah. um, in the U.S., it was always a question when business is done. You know, for some people, you don't want to hug. So you have to be really careful with that, too. So, yeah. Well, I was just thinking about using, you know, negotiation or whatever you want to call it in your family. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm thinking, I, you know, my family, I have a huge family. And every one of them is like type A personality. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's that way. So, I mean, to get your point across, it's like either you have to be loud. Mm-hmm. And you and my voice isn't loud. So, you know, that was just goes there. So, but there's there's got to be a way that you got people's attention. I mean, this happens, can can happen in business as well. Well, I've learned that, um, especially with family members, the best thing you can do is touch them, either on the arm or the shoulder to get their attention. Because in a lot of cases, they'll be in their own world and doing other things. And just actually reaching out and touching their arm or anything else, you grab their attention. Um, in the business world, sometimes that power of the pause, when they realize nobody's talking and maybe they should be doing something, then that will sometimes um, wake them up as well. So those kind of things help also. Well, that's wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit about the semiconductor and, and how, to, how that works? That works, yeah. Well, in the semiconductor business, we go for what they call share. We want to win a percentage of a share of business. And so when you do that, you go into a negotiation with a plan of a percentage, right? So I'm given a percentage at the beginning of the negotiation or actually when we're starting to do the preparation on we want to win these particular devices or we want to win this percent of the business. It's usually a combination of both. Okay. And then we know have to know what we've lost already. So when we go in, right, we're not getting the business on these devices when we should be. We know what we've lost. 
Now, we may or may not know the competitor going in, and that's what we try to negotiate with. And in that industry, you have so many parts that are in so many things, right? So you do a board or you know a phone or a computer, and so you want to make sure you get all of the business that is related to that particular end product. And so you go in and you say, I want to win all of the semiconductor parts in the computer. And so that's where you go in and do the the deal. Now, you may work around um, how that pricing works. And in some cases in our industry, it may be delivery, right? They may be more concerned, can you bring the parts in on time? Because if they've got a due date for Christmas, like, right, they want to make sure that little toy is going to get out at the time that they need it. And so sometimes delivery can play more of a part. And so if we can deliver the part sooner, our lead time is less, then we can win the business, even though the pricing may not match. Well, that is wonderful. Thank you for being here, uh, Janice, and sharing all those valuable things about negotiation and about everything. Your body language. <laughs> I love that. I just love that. Just remember, you're always negotiating. Right. <laughs> Would you like to give us your contact information? And um, we'll put it on the OBBM website. But if somebody wanted to call you or talk to you. Sure. Uh, Janice Curry. I'm at Janice.Curry5 at Verizon.net. You can always reach me through an email. Thank you. And, you know, uh, stay tuned for more Your Voice Matters shows coming up. And we'll talk to you later. Thank you, Rebecca. You've been listening to Your Voice Matters with host Rebecca Dollinger. Download the Offbeat Business app to get all the OBBM Network podcasts in the palm of your hand. Find Your Voice Matters on the OBBM Network podcasts in directories everywhere. For guest and sponsor information, call 214-729-6307. That's 214-729-6307.